Nickelback, a band you either love, hate, or love to hate. All right, here we are in the hallway. There's another place you guys can't get and people you can't get to talk to. My buddy Nickelback, well, my buddy's Nickelback. How are you? Good, okay. I don't know if it's a band if you say the plural or the singular. Yeah. Are you my buddy Nickelback or my buddy's Nickelback? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rock Feed, the best place to get all of your rock music news, docs, and more. If you are new here, please be sure to hit that subscribe button and click the notification bell so that way you're always aware of when we drop breaking news. Nickelback first formed in 1995 in small town Hannah, Alberta, Canada. The band's current lineup consists of lead vocalist and guitarist Chad Kroger, rhythm and backup vocalist Ryan Peake, bassist Mike Kroger, and drummer Daniel Adair. Nickelback was originally a cover band called Village Idiot brothers Chad and Mike Kroger, their cousin Brandon Kroger, and Ryan Peake. They would play covers of popular current songs all over the college circuit. Chad would then later go on to convince his stepfather to loan them $4,000 so that they could record their first EP titled Hesher. Chad has said in an interview with Loudwire that only $2,000 was used to make the EP and the other $2,000, well, that was used to buy and then later sell Magic Mushrooms. After Hesher, the band would self-release their first full-length album, Curb. Roadrunner A&R Ron Berman has said that one of his West Coast scouts sent him a copy of Curb and he was impressed. So he went to see the band perform live in Vancouver and said, I immediately got the chills. I thought their song Leader of Men was a smash hit. And while he wasn't entirely wrong, that wasn't a song that would make them a household name. I will admit though, I personally love that song. Berman would then spend the next three months trying to convince his label bosses that they needed to sign Nickelback. Ultimately, Berman's efforts would pay off, and in 1999, Nickelback signed with EMI and Roadrunner Records. This signing would be Roadrunner's first adventure into mainstream rock. Nickelback would then release The State in 2000, which would produce four radio-friendly singles, Old Enough, Worthy to Say, Leader of Men, and Breathe. The state went gold and eight years later would eventually go platinum. After release of the state, Chad would then break down every popular radio-friendly rock song and try to dissect it to see why it just became so popular. Chad has said that this is why How You Remind Me sold so well, because it's all about a relationship which is universal and it contains catchy hooks. And Nickelback fun fact? Silver Side Up was actually written before the state was even released. Silver Side Up sold over 177,000 copies in the first week and peaked at number one on the Canadian album charts. How You Remind Me, which I have to admit again, it was catchy and had me singing along every time that they played it on the radio, which happened a lot. And their next single, Too Bad, also became number one on the mainstream rock charts followed by Never Again, which, you guessed it, also became number one on the mainstream rock charts. It seems that Chad breaking down and dissecting popular music wasn't such a bad idea after all. And who could forget the summer of 2002 when Spider-Man first blessed us with his appearance on the big screen? Nobody, that's who, nobody can ever forget that summer. Not only did you have Spider-Man becoming a blockbuster success, 
but you also had the single Hero by Chad Kroger and Saliva frontman Josie Scott hitting the airwaves being played multiple times a day on the radio, MTV, VH1, etc. You could not escape it. In 2003, the band released The Long Road, which would go on to become platinum multiple times over. The band would release five singles with Figured You Out topping the mainstream rock charts for 13 weeks. In 2005, they would release their fifth studio album with All The Right Reasons, again producing another five singles off the album, with all five hitting the top 20 and three of them hitting the top 10 in the US. That album sold over 19 million copies and was, in 2017, certified diamond. All thanks to songs like Photograph, Sight of a Bullet, Far Away, and Rockstar. Another Nickelback fun fact, they say that Rockstar was written to be a satirical song, but many people, including myself, took it at face value, thinking that Nickelback was just being extremely pretentious. Nickelback would then release Dark Horse in 2008. While the album was not as successful as All the Right Reasons, it would still go on to be platinum multiple times over. Dark Horse would receive mixed to negative reviews, though, from critics. Nickelback then had three more albums released, but none of them would perform nearly as well as All the Right Reasons. Now, don't get me wrong, they were definitely still successful albums, but it seemed as if the mainstream rock formula that had kept them going all this time was finally starting to dry up. There has been talks of them releasing a 10th studio album, and Mike Kroger has been quoted as saying that he would like the music to move in a more heavy metal direction. Or he just wants to do an album of a bunch of Slayer cover songs. Was he joking around? Maybe, but after playing mainstream rock for 20 years, my guess is that he's very serious. So what do you guys think? Could Nickelback put out a metal album and still be successful? Would their legions of fans still listen if they ever went heavier? Would metal fans around the world who claim to hate Nickelback even give them a chance? Which brings me to the second part of this video. Why? Why does everyone seem to hate Nickelback? Is it because they constantly have the same themes like strippers, sex, and alcohol in every song? Or is it the same formulaic and repetitive sound of their music? Well, it all depends on who you ask. See, if you ask the metal community, the hate actually started the minute they signed with Roadrunner, who at the time was known as being a metal label. People were immediately hating on them before their first album even was released. Then, if you fast forward to 2003, I think that is where the hate honestly became mainstream. Actor and comedian Brian Posehn, who is also a huge metalhead, was on Colin Quinn's show Tough Crowd, which aired on Comedy Central. On the show, Brian said, No one talks about the studies that show that bad music makes people violent, but listening to Nickelback makes me want to kill Nickelback. Now, this would be aired multiple times on national television, and the joke just seemed to grow from there. It just kind of grew organically into this massive viral real-life meme. Other people and TV shows even started running with the joke as well. Dave Grohl once tweeted, If you play a Nickelback song backwards, you'll hear messages from the devil. Even worse, you play it forwards, you'll hear Nickelback. Even Seth MacFarlane and the writers on American Dad got in on the action, with Stan saying, 
I don't want to hear it anymore, Francine. The only thing I want to hear right now is the sweet sound of this Nickelback CD, cracking as I drive over it repeatedly. I think that once you have the nicest man in rock and American dad making fun of your band, you know you've hit the big time. But it was all of this that actually helped take the Nickelback hate to a whole new level. The band also did some things that didn't do them any favors. There have been several stories of Chad's frat boy-like behavior over the years. Like the time that Chad revealed how he once paid a drum technician to stick his penis into the blades of an electric fan with metal blades. How much did he pay this poor sap to do it? 600 Deutschmarks, or $346.21 in the US. Not only did he admit to doing this, he even went on to say, he took the money. I can still hear the bleh, bleh, bleh of the blade slowly sputtering to a stop and this blood curdling scream. It was fantastic. Somebody had video footage of this somewhere that needs to be resurrected and shown at that guy's next birthday party. I mean, come on, seriously, who does that? Nickelback also once shut down a live stream for their performance at the Calgary Flood Relief Concert. They were headlining the benefit and thousands were watching at home. As soon as they took the stage, darkness. Telus came out and tweeted, Hi everyone, the Nickelback exclusive performance was a request from the band. Sorry, we couldn't live stream this portion of the concert. Well, that didn't win them any fans. And let's not forget songs like Rock Dark, which we now know is supposed to be satirical, but is it? And Something in Your Mouth. These two songs in particular have really turned off some fans with their lyrical content. Although beginning in 2016, the band did start to take the hate in stride, even tweeting back to people who would message them, trying to be funny by providing their own insults. Chad has said that nobody can make fun of Nickelback more than themselves. In 2002, while playing a metal festival in Portugal, people started throwing stones at the band. They were only into their second song of the set before they gave the crowd the bird and walked off. Now, to be fair, Chad did do an interview later on where he said that he had no idea what they were doing there. He said that if he had paid to go to a metal festival, he wouldn't want to see Nickelback either. When people were asked why they hated Nickelback so much, it really boils down to a few things. Some said that their music is unoriginal and every song sounds the same. Others said that it had to do with Chad's childlike behavior. And while those things may be true, I ultimately think it comes down to jumping on the hate bandwagon. That's right, I said it. You see it all the time though with movies, sports, music, etc. People don't have a real reason to hate or love something. They just see other people hating or loving it, so in order to fit in, they hate it or love it as well. It's just the way that society works. And after a few years of being the butt of every joke, the hate for Nickelback just became larger than life. Now, I will say that I am not a Nickelback fan, but that also being said, there are a lot of songs that I've heard so many times on the radio over the years that I can't help but belt them out in my car when they come on. And yes, there are a few that I actually do like. But in the end, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of Nickelback or not because they have still sold more than 50 million albums worldwide and are laughing at all of us haters on their way to the bank. 
Thank you for watching. Please be sure to share with your Nickelback friends and your Nickelback haters. And be sure to subscribe.